Okay, update on my darling Debbie, uh, my little redhead. She, as you know, uh, was discovered to have uh, breast cancer, and uh, they uh, started doing chemo uh, a week ago, Monday. And uh, now she had another type of cancer 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, um, totally not connected to this at all. And it was more advanced than this one is. This one they caught very, very early. And um, so we were looking at, like for experimental stuff. I mean, that's, that's where we were at on that. That was, was very bad. And she, uh, because we prayed a lot and trusting God, we saw all kinds of neat miracles through that. We'll get around, maybe share some of that with you. But um, she eventually opted for this type of chemo that, you know, it's kind of experimental for this thing. Anyway, it's really brutal. It's not normal chemo. It's like, bleh. It's so strong, they put you in an intensive care unit for five days and uh, keep you plugged into everything because they bring you close to death, you know, and back again. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Anyway, this thing is really, 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 really harsh. And they uh, say, you know, grown men, you know, three days into this thing cry out and say, I can't take it anymore. In fact, that was just the case. Another guy, just a rumor chewed down from her and he couldn't take it anymore. And Anyway, she sailed through this thing. She did this for months and, uh, and just miraculously and complete healing. I mean, she's, that cancer is long gone, not a trace of it anywhere in her body. Then all of a sudden, boom, this breast cancer, which is not connected to that. It's just one of those weird things. And uh, so anyway, all the doctors and, and nurses and stuff that are preparing her for chemo would look at her chart and then when they saw that she had done this experimental whatever it is, they went, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Well, this will be nothing for you. This will be a piece of cake. Cakewalk for you. Of course, my crazy little redhead, you know, what should kill her doesn't and what doesn't just about does. So she takes the chemo and it almost literally kills her. I mean, she crashes like crazy within days. Her, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, some organs were shutting down. Is it liver? I don't know. Something. Not good. And uh, uh, they take her in the hospital. She is a mess, sicker than a dog. Her kidneys, that's what I was looking for. Her kidneys were shutting down. Uh, her white blood count, which is supposed to be normally at 10,000, was at like almost zero. Uh, it was just awful. And uh, they worked on her for days and finally got up to 150. Yay, you know. Finally got strong enough that she was able to come home Thursday afternoon. Uh, still kind of reeling from it. And uh, so it was really, really harsh. Uh, the doctors met with us. And uh, kind of talking it through with her. And, and then they said, well, do you have any questions? And I said, no, but I have a few comments. <laughs> what was with the piece of cake walk? You know, what was that all about? Well, you know, I knew you'd say that. La, 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 la. Of course, you know, they're not trying to hurt her. They're trying to help her. But uh, so they're going to have to readjust it and whatever. I mean, they can't keep doing that to her. That was horrible. So she's still home this morning. She's, it's been really hard on her. And I appreciate your prayers for her. It's been very, 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 very hard for her. And uh, so we're just trusting God for miracles. I've been preaching on faith. Easier to preach about it than to have to live it. 
but uh, we're getting a chance to live it. So, okay, so now check it out. This morning, right, let me give you a background. I have a brother. I've got three brothers. You know Eddie, preacher brother. Then I've got two other brothers that are a little crazy. Anyway, so, <laughs> so that's me saying that. That's bad. So, <laughs> when I'm the normal one in the family, that's a scary family. So anyway, he uh, about a year ago, his wife kicks him out of the house, wants to divorce him. He has no job. I mean, everything just completely crashes in his life. And he's desperate, and he's literally on the verge of living in the street. So, you know, you open it, you, you know, come live with us. Come stay with us, you know. That's the biblical thing to do. Uh, be there for your family. So he came for a couple of months, a year ago. Uh, we, have, we say we have a troll in our basement. And uh, so my brother's the basement troll. And uh, he's, he's been living there and just kind of reeling and trying to recover from his life. And of course, we're, you know, I'm getting in his face saying, dude, you need to snap out of it. Now, he doesn't come to church and stuff. He didn't, you know part of his problem but anyway so uh talking to him and encouraging him and but challenging him say dude you can't live here in the basement like a troll you got to get out of here you got to get a life you got to da 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 we're going to help you and all this i'm going to go through all this well it's stressing him out and when deb got sick he was the one who came in when she was virtually on the verge of death it just freaked him out he has he's just emotionally having a really hard time with everything he was crying and bawling and freaking out. And I thought, oh, good Lord. So I'm saying, stop. You're freaking out more than I am. Stop. Okay, okay, okay. But he couldn't stop. And yesterday he was in a really bad place, really depressed. Everything's going wrong. And I'm trying, you know, I'm yelling. Come on. Apparently yelling doesn't help. But uh, <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> I'm so good at it too, you know. So, uh. Anyway, so we go to bed. Anyway, so I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the night, he completely, completely bottoms out. Max depression. He starts to lose it. He starts to hallucinate. He becomes paranoid. He's like having conversations with people that aren't there. I mean, it's like bad. Now, we don't hear this until early in the morning. So early in the morning, about 6.30... My wife is, you know, she's getting out in and out of bed every five minutes, you know, because uh, I feel so sick and, and uh, you know, she's kind of mumbling and I can't tell if she's half there or not. So I get up, uh, six or, and I go into the bathroom where I'm, you know, meditating. <laughs> Deep prayer, you know. So she is, she's kind of out of it. Uh, so I'm in there and then my brother gets up and he comes into the kitchen and he starts yelling at me. He's having a conversation with me. But I'm not there. She doesn't know this. She thinks I'm in the kitchen. Listen to my brother who's yelling at me. And he's lost it. And he's paranoid. And, he's, and he says, you better, I have a gun. I will shoot you. Well, my wife hops out of bed. She's convinced I'm in the kitchen with my brother who has a gun pointed at me. Of course, I'm praying back there, you know. So uh, I don't hear any of this stuff. 
So she calls 911. Now this just happened a few hours ago. So, she's all freaked out. The police are on their way. I come walking out with a t-shirt and a smile. (laughs) Sorry to put that visual in your head. But anyway. And she looks at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I live here. You know. I I thought you were in the kitchen. Jim is yelling and he says he's going to kill you. Now, I'm thinking she's losing it. Because the last time I talked, she was like, and now she's telling me these conversations happening, and I think she's hallucinating about my brother hallucinating. But she's not. He was hallucinating, but I thought she's hallucinating. And I'm like, what? And then, so she says, quick, put something on. So I throw something on, and you know, I'm walking on my my bare feet and stuff. So we go outside, and there's police all over the place. Going around my house with their guns out. And I'm going, oh no! The poor neighbors, you know, oh my gosh! They're probably talking to the realtor right now, trying to sell their house, get away from me. These are the same people that just burnt their hot tub down a few months ago, now there's cops running around the place. Looks like a sting on a crack house or something. Yeah, I, I knew that preacher's in there smoking dope. I knew it. I just knew it. He's in, he doing drugs or something. Got to be doing drugs. You know, the place is crawling with these SWAT team coming in. Good grief! And my wife told him he was jealous, and I'm. But I still think she's lost it. So I'm I saying. Are you sure you heard this? And she's looking at me like I'm crazy. Of course I heard it. I'm and I look at the cop and said, she just got out of the hospital, man. I'm not sure what she's doing. You know, I said, oh, it was crazy. Well, but anyway, so my poor brother, and we, he needs prayer. But anyway, he, meanwhile, is in the basement. He gets on the phone and he calls the Brown County Sheriff himself. Only to announce that he has wired the house with explosives. This is my morning. Alright? You think you're having a bad day. So now, so he did what? So now I realize my wife's not crazy. So the cops are saying, you need to stay outside. We're freezing. Yeah, so we need to go outside. I said, she just got out of the hospital. She's not even supposed to be around people with sniffling noses and you're making her stand out of the cold. Okay, okay, well come in and go into the far bathroom. So they huddle us off. We're in the far bathroom. With police all over the house. And, and my poor brother, who is, he's, he's just hallucinating. And they, they can hear him. And he hears them. And he says, is that the police pizza delivery man? And the cop goes, yes it is. Well, I haven't ordered my pizza yet. So the cop goes... What would you like on your pizza? <laughs> so, so he starts taking his order. I'm not 
making this up. I know. I tell you these stories and I know you think I'm making them up. You can't make up this stuff. <laughs> so the cop yells, do, do you want mushrooms with that? And he says, yes. And the cop goes, uh, fresh mushrooms or canned? <laughs> I don't know who he orders his pizzas from, but I've never gotten that question in my life. Fresh or canned? It took him five minutes to decide whether or not it was going to be canned or fresh. So I'm texting Lathan. I'm stuck in the far bathroom. Police with with guns walking around ordering pizza. You know, I don't know. And... I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach this morning. I don't know any. I'm just like, this is crazy. So, so then the cops come and say, do you have explosives in the house? <laughs> no. Well, he says he's going to blow it up. I know, but I don't have any explosives. Does he have a gun? I don't think so. Guys, just go get him. But they're, you know, they don't want to walk in. And God bless the police. Those are the guys who work for law enforcement. Thank you for what you do. God bless those guys. I mean. They have got to deal with nutsoid all day long. How they even go home at night, I don't even understand it. But God bless all y'all. I'm going to make a contribution to the police department or something. But holy cow. Anyway, so. They're running around. I don't know if he has bombs. I don't know if he has bombs. He sounds like he is bombed, but I don't think he has bombs. So then they said, well, you got to get in the car and leave. I I can't leave. I need my clothes. I got to go preach. Well, go grab your clothes. So I'm back there. I start grabbing clothes. I said, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to put my clothes on. So the cops back are yelling at me. Come on, you need to go. I said, oh, stop. If I blow up, it's my own fault. So (laughs) so I wanted to get dressed. It was just crazy. All things crazy. So finally, finally he comes out to get his pizza. And they grab him. And they handcuff him. And they take him off to Happy Land. So I don't know where he is this morning. He's off somewhere. Wherever they put people like that. We'll go find him later. (laughs) And then I came to church. What the heck? So, I've been preaching about faith. (laughs) Ever since I started preaching about faith, my life has gone into the toilet. (laughs) Should have been preaching about joy or something, you know. I don't know what I was thinking, but trying to encourage everybody trust God even when things go wrong. Because sometimes. Things go wrong. Does anybody hear that high squeal other than me? Oh, thank God. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm a man, they're going to put me in a room next to my brother because I'm hearing stuff. It's the camera, it's going to blow. 
I'm just going to wait for it to explode because that's the next thing going to happen for me. <laughs> Un- unplug it. If, if it still hums after you unplug it, it's a bomb. <laughs> well, that was odd. <laughs> the longest morning of my life. Anyway, I'm not supposed to be preaching about faith. I don't I can't preach this. You have to come back next week to hear the rest of the story. I'll make up a different sermon. Sermon on the fly. You've heard of Sermon on the Mount? This is Sermon on the Fly. Throw, throw up uh, James. James, the first chapter, verse 2. I warned him this. Okay, here we go. Here's my scripture of the day. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Pure joy. Why would anybody consider everything going wrong and consider it pure joy? Because it's an opportunity for God to show up in your life. You know, there is no promise that says if you believe in Jesus, nothing bad will happen to you. Sometimes all kinds of bad things happen to you. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Reminds me of the story in the Gospels where Jesus was on a boat. And these guys were crossing this lake. And the Bible says a storm came up. I have to understand something. These guys were seasoned fishermen. They had spent their lives on the water. These weren't just a bunch of girly men who got afraid when there were a few waves. That would be me. All right? So this storm kicks up, and the Bible says they were terrified. Again, guys who had spent their entire lives in, on, and around the water were terrified. That's how bad the storm was. And they looked over, and the Bible says Jesus was sleeping on the boat. Isn't that amazing? Here in the midst of a horrible set of circumstances, everybody is panicking. Everybody is freaking. Everybody's coming unglued. But Jesus is sleeping. Why? Because he has peace that passes all understanding. You see. Then they woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care? That's usually our response when things go wrong. God, don't you care? How could you let this happen to me? I'm so wonderful. I love me. I'm so perfect. Why would you let anything happen to me? And they say, oh, why don't you care? And he got up and he chews them out and says, guys, you bunch of babies. My translation. He says, have some faith. And then he turns and he looks at the waves and the sea and the wind. And he says, Be quiet. Everything got quiet. And the disciples went, Whoa, that's cool. And we celebrate that great miracle. And we shouldn't, that's why we're talking about it, written in the Bible. But we need to consider that the real miracle wasn't that he got up 
and made everything calm. It's that in the midst of the horrible storm, he was sleeping. No fear. No paranoia. No panicking. Sometimes faith changes our circumstances and pulls things around for us. And I've been preaching about that. Still not done with it. But but trying to show you how you can get to a place where you can trust God and see miracles in your life and see things turn around in your life. But sometimes things are hard. And sometimes you struggle. And sometimes things go badly when you wish they would go well. And I don't want to cry. I was crying in the first service. Laughing and crying. I thought they were putting me in the room with my brother. But laughing and crying. But I was just trying to stay calm this morning. But uh, in... uh, Where's my Bible here? Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 32. Now, Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 1, is where we've been reading that without faith it's impossible to please God. But he that... uh, uh, Believes God and believes he exists and and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. These are the people who experience miracles. Okay, that's what we've been reading. Well, the whole chapter in Hebrews 11, we call it the faith chapters. It was all talking about faith and, and, and all these things. Well, I want you to see how he describes this thing of faith and miracles that we're talking about. So he's been talking about this and then verse 32 he says, What more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. All these incredible people in the Bible who through faith, and then he starts listing the incredible things they did through faith. I want you to see this list with me this morning. Who through faith, they conquered kingdoms. They administered justice. They gained what was promised. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the fury of the flames, which we haven't finished That's account yet we're still going to get to that they escaped the edge of the sword their weakness was turned to strength who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies women received back their dead raised to life again i mean these one thing after another yes 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 that's what i want that's what you want that's what we all want we've got the kind of faith that takes circumstances and turns them on their head to where we Live victoriously. But look as he continues this list of people who live by faith. Others were tortured. Ew. They refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. By the way, have you heard about this guy in Iran who won't recant his faith as a Christian? Say they're going to kill him, pray for him. But he's that kind of guy. I'd rather die. Serving God and live denying Christ. Some faced jeers and flogging. While others were chained and put in prison. They, now remember these are people who had faith. Wow, what do you mean? Chained and prison and torture. What? What is this? I thought faith was only victory and chasing the armies and shutting the mouths of lions and having great success. Now sometimes faith is... Sleeping in the midst of a horrible storm. Suffering. Verse 37. They were stoned. They were sawed in half. Who gets sawed in half? 
I don't want sought and have faith. I want shut the mouths of the lions faith. The mouths of the lions, yes. Cut in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about and their lives just stunk. They went about in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. These were people of faith. It's often the part you don't hear. We like to preach the first half of the Bible. We don't like to preach the other half of the Bible. First half of the faith is to trust God and to change the circumstances in your life. And certainly what I've been trying to preach to you. Because I believe that. And I'm not done yet. I'm just going to share with you some incredible stories of how God has changed my life. And seen miracles that... Hard to even share the story and not doubt it myself if I hadn't been there. But it's not the whole story. Sometimes the story is you get sawed in half. Ew. Sometimes they throw rocks at you. Sometimes you're tortured. Sometimes things go horribly, horribly, terribly wrong. What's that called, Pastor? It's called faith. Even when things go bad. Go back to James there. First chapter. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. The next verse he says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, which is a fancy word for patience. In fact, many other translations use the word patience. Count it all joy. Why? Because it teaches you patience. People say, Pastor, what are you doing when you're going through all this? Nothing. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just trying to be patient. When things are going wrong, when the winds are blowing, don't get all caught up in this. Focus on this. You can't control this. He can control this. But you need to focus on this. People ask, how have you been sleeping, Pastor? Fine. How is that possible? Because I'm focused on this. Well, isn't this awful? Oh, yes, it's terrible. Times I just cry. I hate that feeling. I'm a grown man. I'm not even upset. All of a sudden you just cry. It's just emotional release. You know, it's hard. You see the love of your life suffering. And your brother in <laughs> What else is going on? So you just want to cry. It's okay. You can cry. That's not faith. Oh, it's just crying. We need to learn to just be patient. This too shall pass. God has not forsaken me. He knows who I am. He didn't wake up this morning shocked about what was going on. You know, he didn't look at me and go, Oh, myself, what is this? <laughs> he knew it was coming. If anything, he said to the angels, Wait till Gunger sees this. <laughs> he knew what was coming. We just need to be patient. Stay the course. Be faithful. A lot of people said to me, Pastor, what can I do for you? You know what you can do for me? Be faithful. Stay the course. Keep coming to church. Keep supporting the church. Keep praying. Keep doing everything that you want. But what if everything's wrong? Just be patient. Okay? 
Remember we read the story of Lazarus. His friends called Jesus and said, Lazarus is sick. Jesus knew he was sick. And then he stayed and didn't do anything. Why? He's waiting for it to get worse. Which is bad news if you're Lazarus. The guy finally dies. Jesus, okay, now we can go see him. Hello. He shows up. Remember we read this. They yell at him. Why weren't you here if you wouldn't come? He just... It's all right. It'll be all right. Eventually he raises Lazarus from the dead. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible. Just be patient. Be faithful. This isn't over yet. I'm supposed to be talking about our Big gathering when all the campuses get together on November 13th. Every year we do this. We get together, we take up a special offering, we encourage people to come with a hundred bucks, a special hundred dollar offering you can give. Encouraging you to start setting aside 15, 20 bucks a week over the next seven weeks. There'll be no problem then. I know a lot of you wait till the last minute, you go, I don't have a hundred dollars, then you feel bad. You know, <coughs> Plan ahead. I'm supposed to be encouraging and telling you all about it. I don't have the energy this morning. Just do it. <laughs> Just be faithful. Let's be patient. When everything's going wrong, let's just be patient. Sometimes God shows up really fast. Other times, it's like he's on vacation. But he knows. It's like Jesus knows. And he waits. Why? As I preached to you two weeks ago. Sometimes he waits for things to get worse. I just didn't know I'd be living this all out in front of you all. <laughs> it's no fun. But it's okay. God is big. God is powerful. God is wonderful. I would rather be serving Jesus with everything in my life going wrong than to be the wealthiest man in the world with all the comforts the world can offer and not know Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you love us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Lord, things are a little crazy right now and you know all about it. Sometimes you show up really fast. Sometimes there's a big delay. Either way, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your faithfulness. Our hope and our trust is in you. Lord, my prayer is that you'll show up and do some just amazing miracles. But if the miracle is we keep smiling even sawn in half, so be it. We love you. We praise you. Our hope and desire is that every person we come into contact with We'll get to know you like we know you and experience that wonderful, incredible grace that we find in the cross of Jesus. Amen. One, two, there we go. Would you reach out your hand towards Pastor Mark? We're going to just pray for him and for Debbie right now and God would continue to cover them and strengthen them during this time. Would you join with me? Lord, we just come to you right now. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for all that you are doing. And Lord God, right now we cover Mark and Pastor Mark and Debbie.
We just pray, Father God, that you, your strength would be theirs, that we would know that your, that your grace, your power, would just cover their lives. Father, we cover them in the blood of Jesus. We know, Lord, that you are at work and you're doing something very special. And Father, even during this season, this time of having to just be patient and wait upon you, Lord, that you will give the strength that is needed. And so we continue to pray as a, as a family for Debbie for her healing. And Lord, we know that you are our source and our strength. So Father, we thank you for that. We pray it in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm going to invite our ushers if they would come as we just prepare for communion this morning. And as we, in a few moments, will be sharing as, as a family this, this meal, holding a piece of bread in our hand that represents the body of, of Christ and that was broken for us, and the cup with the grape juice or the wine that represents the blood of Jesus that was shared for us, and all that very important part of our service this morning as a family gathering together. Just before we do that, let me, let me uh, share with you a little bit of, bit of a family secret, all right? Quite an interesting service this morning. Our first service, obviously, would have taken place, and I'm sure as Pastor Mark preached on the west side and shared the story there, and then of course with us today, very, you know, you come to Celebration Church and one of our values is to be real. Well, you heard it this morning, being real. But you know what? Let me share this with you. Weeks ago when Pastor Mark felt God was directing him to preach on faith, and he began to speak on faith and share about faith, stirring our faith, your faith, my faith, and our faith as a church to believe God for miracles, to have faith to move mountains, to stand firm right in the midst of the storm, to have that tenacious or that, that faith to, no matter what comes our way, realizing that we're not, there's going to be things that come our way that are going to be difficult. You know, so often, just because we're believing something and hearing God's word being spoken and being challenged by God's word, family, we've got to realize that the enemy is trying to break and destroy and steal and kill. And then when... The word is being spoken. This prophetic word is being spoken. And we're taking hold of that. And we, Satan is trying to destroy that. It's no, it's no surprise in a way to me that during this season, when a lot of things that we're trusting God for as a church and trusting God as, uh, that God would use us as individuals and as a church as well, that we have something like this come with Debbie's sickness and then this situation this morning. But I want to say to you this, 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 this morning, we serve a God that is far greater than any situation and circumstance, not because of the strength that we have, not because of the strength that you have, not because of the strength that we as humans, but because of Jesus and what he did for us and what he has accomplished. Amen. As we take hold of the truth, the truth of God's word, and we stand on God's word, and we believe God's word. And we say no matter what comes, no matter what comes our way, we are going to stand firm. We're going to be patient. We're going to stand strong. We're going to see the salvation. I've been reading a lot of this, the story of Joshua and how the picture of Joshua where he prayed some powerful prayers. One day he commanded the sun to stand still and it did. 
But he had to go. When you read that story, there was a whole night of fighting, battle, before he experienced the miracle. So you may be in the midst of a battle right now. You and your life may be in the midst of some situations, some circumstances that you're fighting. And you stay. This battle is taking place. But in your heart, God is stirring faith. His word. That you speak His word, you believe His word, you act on His word. Allow God to do that in your life this morning. We're going to take communion in just a moment. I want to this morning just challenge you that as we partake of communion, as we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross when He died, as we remember the salvation, that the forgiveness of our sins, as we remember the fact that as a result of His shed blood that we can experience healing, that we can know Him, we can allow, as we challenged in God's Word, to examine our hearts. Let God, the Holy Spirit, this morning, as we prepare for communion, in a moment I'm going to pray for, for our time together, pray over the communion, and then we're going to share communion. But asking the Holy Spirit to put His finger in your heart and your life, where you need this morning to stand up and be strong and see God do a special and a miraculous work in your life. So would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, for the faith that we can have in you. Because, Lord, our faith is not based upon anything that we are able to do. Our abilities, our talents, our, Lord, it's not based upon us. It's all it's based upon the truth of your word and what you did on the cross, Lord Jesus. And when you died, you suffered and died and you rose again on the third day. And that today, Lord, that we put our trust and our hope in you. Even when things don't go exactly the way we've planned. When circumstances, situations and struggles are there. God, we stand firm. We hold on to the truth of who you are. And Lord, we know that you are at work in our lives. And even right now, as we prepare for communion, in a few moments, Lord, as, as we partake of this communion together, Lord, I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, that you'd be putting your finger on areas in the hearts and lives of each one of us today, challenging us with the truth of who you are and what you're doing in our lives, to have that faith that pleases you. And we pray it now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.